What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time checking out the show, thanks for uh, taking a listen. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, say a few nice words, give the show five stars, and doing those three things will uh, will help out tremendously. It will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, making it more visible for strangers to find and uh, just giving it some more national and international exposure. So super great way to help out the show. It only takes a few minutes and I appreciate the hell out of the folks who have already taken that step in supporting the podcast. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which uh, features a bunch of in-studio performances as well as live show performances and a short documentary that I put out last year on a band called Tribe Mars. And uh, we've got some fresh videos that are in the editing process right now. I just want to say that I've seen these Autonomics videos from the Doug Fur got the first glimpse of them the tracks sound amazing but the visuals are uh really dope and i'm extremely excited to share them with with everyone i definitely think they are the uh the best thing to come out of the dan cable presents productions thus far so really geeked to uh start sharing those hoping to roll some of those out at the end of february here or uh very early march so click subscribe on the youtube channel as well and then you will know when they hit the feed you will get a notification you can also check out dancablepresents.com which is the central location for uh everything going on i am at dancablepresents on instagram which is a good place to follow me if you're uh, trying to keep up with what's going on as far as local shows that i am throwing or or um usually shouting out shows there that are that are upcoming in the area that that i think are uh worth going out to lots of great music here in portland oregon stoked to have so many amazing musicians and uh and talented folks around me to draw on for these conversations we've got episode 148 is in store i spoke with uh Elizabeth Fagan, who uh, is the the front woman, the uh, the singer songwriter behind the group Lily Saint Anne, and uh, we had a really great conversation, which I am stoked to share with you. Some amazing music that uh, she and her band just put out a new EP called Bone Marrow that has dropped and you can find all over the uh, the streaming services. I uh, do want to touch on some calendar dates real quick before we get into the conversation. Um, 
first being my buddy and former guest of this podcast, Andy Sado, is going to be in Portland, Oregon from February 10th to February 16th doing an Owl's Den residency. Uh, I've got a killer lineup in store for that. I was uh, uh, you know, given the opportunity to, to curate that Al's Den residency, so I'm super stoked. We got Isabeau playing night one on uh, this coming Sunday. These are all free shows, so an excellent uh, way to go and support a touring artist as well as the local artist that will be playing with him every night. Uh, we got Daryl on the bill, special guest Daryl, um, who I will, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and say that that's brother, not brother. Um, we had to... Uh, we had to use a different name for the promo for that show due to a uh, uh, prior show that we could not uh, cross-promote against. But that show is over now. So um, on uh, that's 2-12, I guess, is Brother Not Brother. Uh, Monday night is New Victorian, 2-11. 2-13, we got Haley Lynn. And Valentine's Day, Laura May is playing alongside Andy Sado. And then uh, Friday night, February 15th, Redwood Sun is going to be on that bill. And then rounding it out, my friend Keisha Dower and her band Kiki and the Dowry will be uh, wrapping up Saturday night. So that's going to be a real banger there at the, uh, the Owl's Den. Let's see other shows. This, if you're listening to this on release day, we've got a couple of really awesome shows going on at the library. Um, Friday, February 8th is a, uh, a hip-hop show with uh, Research and Development, Empress, and uh, Mal London, who will be performing with Butter. And then Saturday night, February 9th at the library, we got Hutch Harris, last week's guest. Hutch Harris of the Thermals. His... Uh, playing with a bunch of friends they're just doing these like 30 minute solo sets so there's four singer songwriters lined up to play the library on uh there on february 9th and then next friday super stoked for uh february 15th it's gonna be uh brother not brother alex c mills and vanny hands who is a uh a side project of from Jack from those willows. Who's an amazing band here. So lots of cool stuff going on. Like I said, follow me on the old Instagram and then uh, you can keep up with these calendar dates there as well. I will, uh, I will remind you through postings and, and Instagram stories and whatnot. But, um, and then as far as something relating to this guest, Lily St. Anne, they have a big show at Dougfer on March 3rd, and they're playing with uh, former guests of the podcast, The Jack Maybe Project, who are releasing a record that night at the Dougfer. So if you want to see Lily St. Anne in action, that will be a great opportunity. March 3rd at the legendary Dougfer. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all of the, the calendar dates that I have for you at the moment. We've got some really cool shows that I'm putting together for, for April that I will announce soon as well. But uh, stay tuned for, for more info. Don't forget music going down at the library at Growler's Tap Room every Friday night. And we're starting to book out Saturdays as two, or Saturdays rather. 
I don't know what I'm saying. Um, anyway, this episode, episode 148 with uh, Lily St. Anne. This was a great conversation. It is um, it's one that, that gets, gets a little intense. Uh, we have some laughs, but I, I really think that uh, this conversation kind of brings out the rawness and intensity that I found in this music. And I think that's, um, it's a, it's apparent in, in whom, uh, Elizabeth is as a person. So all of that shines through in this conversation, but also, uh, is, is, seems to be a reflection of, uh, this batch of tunes that is on the bone marrow EP. And, uh, I just really appreciated Elizabeth's vulnerability through this conversation as we touch on some some heavy things uh, revolving around death and uh, we got into uh, some religious talk as uh, both of us were raised Catholic so we touch on some things uh, in that realm as well which was um, really fun I don't know that there hasn't been you know too much talk surrounding religion on the podcast so that was that was a a cool thing to dive into and uh i also just want to say you know like because i'm i'm kind of critical of uh organized religion in the conversation a bit but um i also just want to say that that i'm not criticizing anybody that that finds good in religion and and gets meaning out of it because i know for for a lot of people that is a a big part of their life and they they find a lot of um hope and and faith in those things so i'm not i'm not criticizing those who do find that i'm just more critical of the uh the organizations themselves because i know plenty of wonderful people who um, are really dedicated to their uh, their religions. My grandmother is a, a great example of that. She's a, a devout Catholic woman, but she is not someone uh, that lets her religion disable her from being a free thinker and i think that is that is the mentality that i that i don't get super stoked about is when when people are very closed off to other ideas just because uh it does not align with their religion but anyway i just wanted to preface it with that i know there are plenty of folks out there who uh you know hold their their religious beliefs and values in in high regards and and i'm not trying to take anything away from those folks with uh my criticisms of uh within this conversation and and uh you know i'm i'm about whatever you want to believe in and put your your faith and your trust in if that betters your life because i think that you know we're all looking for things to better our experience here in this in this realm and and if religion is the thing that that fills you up and and brings you joy you should uh you know 
go heavy on it then. But uh, you just got to also realize that maybe that's not the thing that's going to bring joy to everybody's life. And, and so, you know, be open-minded, all right? Try to be tolerant of the folks around you and uh, just just don't assume that you have all the answers for everyone because uh, I think that part of this life journey is is kind of forming your own answers and and own conclusions and and those might not be everybody else's truths and and whatnot so anyway let's get into this conversation uh like i said this was a a really awesome hang with with elizabeth and and i appreciated her her openness and and honesty this was the first time that we ever met up or talked so i thought that was really cool that we were able to to dive into uh some some heavier stuff and i just really love this music and i encourage you to uh to listen to it kind of front to back with some headphones on if you dig the tunes that you hear on this episode the ones that we feature on this podcast don't forget to leave your itunes reviews super important to the growth of this show and the sustainability of it, people. So take the extra couple minutes. Take the next step in uh, showing your support for this podcast. Appreciate the hell out of all of you. And uh, big hugs. Give your friends hugs, your family, and and loved ones. Um, big hugs and let them know that you care about them. And I hope everybody is doing all right out there. You can send me some emails at dancablepresents at gmail.com. And we're going to get into this episode with Lily St. Anne, episode 148. We are kicking it off with the first track from the uh, Bone Marrow EP that you can find all over the internets. And this song is called Eveline. Let's do it. She walks in like a ghost. She walks in like a ghost Why do I love her the most? Why do I love her the most?
Elizabeth, are you ready to uh, <laughs> to jump into this thing? Are you ready for your your first ever podcast? Why, yes, I am. <clears throat> I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just really want to clear. That's that's the uh, first thing you want to do is you want to <laughs> really clear the pipes. Sure. And um, <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, I'm stoked to to sit down and hang with you and and, and talk about your your new record that has now been released out into the world. I've uh, I've definitely heard your band name around around town. Yes, but this was uh, <laughs> this was like my first kind of dive into your music. I haven't seen you play live yet, so uh, it was it was a uh, it was a pleasure diving into this bone marrow oh, collection cool. of tunes that you have uh, put together. So I'm uh, I'm quite interested to like see where this music comes from and kind of. Mm-hmm get to know your your musical background a little bit and and whatnot because i was definitely uh taken by the tunes and uh, there's definitely <laughs> like some very like haunting and and heavy qualities to the to the music so i was mm-hmm. i was uh i tuned into that like pretty quickly and it definitely grabbed my attention so mm-hmm. here we are here we are <laughs> <laughs> when did you uh start playing music um I started playing music kind of late, I guess, in my opinion. Um, when I was 21, I got a guitar and um, kind of started writing songs immediately because it was just pretty boring to like learn songs. So, um, yeah. So I guess I've been playing for like eight years now. Okay. Um, yeah. Were you doing like I don't know? Were you an artsy person beforehand? Where like did you like were you expressing yourself in other ways before picking up yeah. the guitar? For sure, yeah. So I grew up doing theater in Portland. Actually, I was like a kid actor for a bunch of pro theaters in Portland, okay. Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> so um, that's what I did growing up, and I definitely sang as part of that whole thing. Um, church choir also. You know? I did some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. What part were you? What part? Did I, you have parts I, in you your know church what? choir? <laughs> I, I didn't make it to that that quite that level. You know, uh-huh. this was just like the uh, the Christmas Eve and Sunday choir at the nice. old church. You know, no nice. one was like getting real crazy about it. It was like a youth choir, and they weren't going too hard on it. I guess they probably just didn't have the talent to pick pick through so they weren't they weren't getting too <laughs> wild about assigning parts can like, i ask you a question what's that what, what religion were you perfect in? i love no this is perfect <laughs> you already no, you really already quickly? understand how this is supposed to work okay, this great. is just a conversation so if you want to fire back if you want to you know if you want to interview me a little bit i'm okay with that perfect. i'll allow that great okay cool <laughs> uh no i i i grew up going to, to catholic church oh nice and we I believe can definitely bond well, over right? this mm-hmm. perfect i i, I did some research research you nice. know, i well saw I, I understand um yeah. the uh the you know the placement of the saint in your in your, right. your band title and whatnot <laughs> and um but yeah i grew up going to catholic church mm. i did that i did the thing i did the, the altar boy thing for a oh bit. wow yeah. yeah did you get to ever um ring the bells i never rang any bells i lit some it was candles always really cool i was always super jealous because i actually don't remember if girls were altar altar people I don't remember. Uh, there was definitely when when I was doing it, there was yeah. there was altar people. Altar people. Yes. Huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, some of that was very nerve wracking, like holding the book 
mm. the gospel mm. or whatever. Well, while this, I bet they scare you. Yeah, too, I don't know. It's do just it. like they pretty intimidating, you, you know. It. Like I don't know. I feel like I got out. Pre- I'm apparently I got out pretty unscathed. <laughs> yeah? very lucky. You yeah. doing okay? Yeah. No. Anything I, else you want to talk about? No. In regards I, to that I, I got I got <laughs> very lucky. Apparently, you know, <laughs> I did not play into that percentage. So I, but I, yeah, I didn't continue like through high school so i never did confirmation or anything oh wow yeah did you did you go all the way <laughs> i'm through? all the way i'm a confirmed catholic you're a confirmed catholic. i really didn't want to i really didn't want to get confirmed in my <laughs> my dad was my like confirmation mentor or something there's some sort of term probably that's not yeah, that but for sure um and i i opened up to him about how i wasn't really sure about the whole thing and i really wanted to check buddhism out and he was like <laughs> he was like that's not an option your family is catholic and you are catholic and you are going to be confirmed it was pretty intense so how, actually. how old were you at that point i think that was my eighth grade so i was like 12 okay yeah yeah i bailed like freshman year of high school on it nice um, maybe it was high school i don't remember i d- yeah mm. But then I went to like some weird Christian Bible studies after that. Nice. I did that too. I had a little zone when I was 14 where I got like really into like a fundamentalist church. I actually got drawn in by a rock band. Same. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, right. They like have the music down. Well, I think, that, I mean, <laughs> to be, to be fair, like this Bible study was pretty fucking cool. Like mm. it was, mm. it was like a bunch of punk rock kids. Okay. Like all the, all the, like a lot of the people that went to it were in punk bands. Uh-huh. So like it, it was actually like kind of a cool hang, hmm. you know, like the fellowship of that wasn't, wasn't super terrible, but you know, hmm. I don't know. It still included all the shit that like, I don't really care for, like the, the judginess and all, sure. all of that madness. Yeah. Um, hmm. so you were singing, singing in the, in the old choir. <laughs> That's right. I was like, how did we <laughs> end you, up you here? You were singing in the choir. I don't actually, honestly, like we got, I mean, like, I don't think I've ever talked about my confirmation with anyone. So you just got right to it right there. Well, I mean, but you went through, you obviously went through like the whole, the whole thing mm-hmm. and, yeah. and against your, your kind of your will a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a little weird. Definitely. I'm also watching The Handmaid's Tale right now. And so like all of this conversation is like tinted with this weird like Margaret Atwood haze for me. Um, So (laughs) anything about like forced religion right now is hitting my imagination pretty hard. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a wild thing. Mm -hmm. All all of it. Definitely. uh, Yeah. I don't know. There's there's definitely some things that I take away from it that that I enjoy. But Mm. most of it kind of fucking bugs me out a little bit. Mm hmm. Like I, I don't feel super comfortable anytime I walk in to a church. Mm. I feel, yeah, a little unsteady in, in those places these days. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not really sure what it is about it, but if I, well, I, I think I do know. I think to me, it feels like it's supposed to be this open place of compassion, but all, but ultimately just feels like a lot of judgment mm-hmm. happening, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, or, and people just being kind of fake. Mm. you know and not like really willing to expose them like their real shit because mm. they want to like put on this front that they're like a good christian or a catholic mm. or whatever but i don't know yeah i don't know what your what, what are your like what was your reason for kind of like rebelling against it mm. like when you started thinking that maybe you didn't want to be well so this was actually the thing is i was actually like a super religious kid 
which um, I think is related to this project in a lot of ways. Like it's kind of my like way to reimagine that religious verve that I used to have. Like as a 12 year old, I was super prayerful. Like I prayed, I was really into the rosary. I had like an altar, like it was kind of creepy. Um, I was really uh, ardent, I guess is the word. And I was definitely like looking for something. I always felt that there was serious meaning. And I think, you know, that was the way in for me. Like that was the culture I grew up in. And so that was kind of what I stepped into. And so, no, I was super, super curious about it. And that led me to starting to read about other religions too. And being interested in that like aspect of humans that are like, what, you know, what, what is this kind of search for God or like search for like a something, a something, right? Yeah. Yeah, Like a central uh, theme, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> we all want a thesis For statement, sure. you know? So, so I think like that's actually what led me to thinking critically about Catholicism was just that, that hunger and that curiosity. And I think what was really disappointing about the reaction that my dad had <laughs> is that it was like, it was an opportunity to open up a conversation and to like foster something in me that was really me, you know? And instead it was just like, like the walls went up, like, socialization kicked in and it was like, there are no options here. Yeah. Which was just, I don't know, like an unfortunate response, I guess. Um, and it really, really turned me off to the whole thing. Like that's kind of the moment where I went, okay, like if I can't ask questions about this and I like, at least in my family, wasn't encouraged to like explore and be curious and kind of follow that natural curiosity. Like that's what really kind of did it for me. And then, you know, I found feminism or something. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I don't I don't know what that mentality is to like to be so closed off. Like it almost feels like there's like it's people being afraid to have their faith in question in mm. some way or or what it is, but yeah, like you said, it's it's just very weird when somebody like that is like a red flag almost when when something just gets closed off and it's like, no, you're not going to go explore these right, other things. Like, like this oh. is the only way. And it's just like, I don't know, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, did you. Uh, like how. How did you kind of cope with going forward with that stuff even though you weren't super into it Mm. I mean I I I don't know if I did I sort of I definitely got more interested in poetry and in like art as a high schooler and I think like that's sort of where my like I think like so something that is beautiful about Catholicism is this like ancient quality well it's not ancient but like this oldness you know that we don't get yeah Yeah. and and like I think especially in American culture you get very little of that sense of like connection to lived history in a way at least in my American culture that I grew up in and uh yeah so like that richness and 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 that ritual quality and like you know you get the incense and you have these like fantastic costumes and like there's a huge theatricality to it and some of you know music is a huge part of it like it's that's kind of cheesy to like bring into it but but it is and it all sort of plays uh plays out in this really uh 
infective, creepy way. Um, but, but I think like that's sort of what opened me up onto, um, you know, being really interested in like also art is a huge part of it, right? Like there's so much Catholic and Christian art and like, that's like all of the foundational works of like Western art or like Jesus and Mary. Right. You know? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. um, it's all in there. And I sort of like soaked that in at the same time. And I think that's what I s kept with, um, at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate those rituals as well. Yeah. Like I, I think that is the cool part. Like those are, those are those things that I kind of take away from it. Like some of that mysticism and, and stuff that's like wrapped up in those rituals, I think is very cool as well as, like the intent behind some of that stuff is very, very cool as mm. well. Like I always, um, I think I've, I've talked about it like one other time on, on here with my buddy Zeke from, from Young Elk, but we, like we got into this religious talk a bit <laughs> and, uh, like I really appreciate the, uh, the act of like prayer before eating a meal or something. Like mm. I think, I think like that thankfulness and mm -hmm. stuff is, is is such a cool thing you mm -hmm. know like whether you believe in a god or or not like i think it's very cool to just be like oh like we have things right now like we're yeah. not poor we're not we're we're eating food you know and like we have people to to eat with and mm -hmm. kind of like sharing those moments i think are definitely some of the, the positive takeaways so yeah i really i really love the word awe and that's like a super catholic idea i think is like sort of being struck with the bigness of God. I think that has something to do with like that word, at least for me, and like being awestruck, like being struck by the immenseness. And I think that's something that like that quality and that like that feeling in life is something that I'm super into as a person. Just like, I want to feel awe, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is that like something that you continue to seek out then? Like that awe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, definitely. And is it... Yeah, like, are you pretty still like a very curious person spiritually and, and whatnot? I don't know. I don't know if I am. I guess so. But in a really different way, like in a more I'm I'm more interested in other people and I'm more interested in um, like what's really happening around me. I'm less interested in sort of escaping into this other realm i think uh. as a kid that was a lot of the draw you know it was like this promise that there was something else like on top of everything and i could just go there and live there and it was like kind of like a fantasy world you know that you could escape to and now it's like it's actually pretty fun to hang out with friends and like be here and now <laughs> so yeah that's that's very cool because i think i mean a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to escape to mm -hmm. those other places you know mm -hmm. i mean I'm definitely a seeker of those places, you mm. know, and and uh, I think I've become more of uh, interested in those things as I've mm, as I've gotten older because maybe yeah. I wasn't as in tune with that young like at an at a younger age. Actually. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of like been the reverse of mm. you know, spent my late twenties and early thirties like tripping psychedelics and trying. Yeah, to Yeah, I thought Jesus that's where you were gonna there, go with you know? that. <laughs> mean no. you're seeking these <laughs> but but also uh you know just a general curiosity um for like other religions and stuff like mm -hmm. that and and, mm -hmm. and people's paths of life and and just different philosophies of of mm -hmm. yeah how to escape but also to stay present and whatnot so i think that's like also a very 
valid point that there is there are things just like happening around you too and that that is probably maybe the realest thing is is what's actually here but yeah i mean i think like also i i think that music and performing like performing live it does give me that feeling like hardcore because it's like the like like playing with other musicians in the moment or even just playing with yourself either way you're playing with the moment right you're playing with the audience you're playing with like whatever the hell is coming out of your instrument and like (laughs) your lack of control yeah um and like that turns you onto the moment in a way that nothing else ever really has done for me and at the same time it's like when you're playing your own music and something that you've come up with in your own imaginative creative world, like that's super spiritual and you're bringing that into the present moment, you know, and you're sharing that with other people. It's like this really direct, intense, spiritual if yeah. you will, experience. And I think like that sense of awe and that sense of wonder, like come in really strong there for me. Yeah. That's very cool. Cause I mean, yeah, you're creating something out of nothing mm-hmm. and then sharing it with people. I mean, I think that's a super like communal experience, mm-hmm. especially, um, you know, when there is other people on stage and there's maybe some vocal harmonies and stuff going mm. on. Like I love, yeah, I love, magic, right? I love seeing like a live <laughs> band and every single person on stage sings vocals. Like mm. that's such a, a beautiful, like communal moment when you see all five people in the band singing at the same time and stuff. Just, well, and there's something about singing too specifically because it's like, what that really means is that all five people, like their bodies are instruments and they're like playing their bodies as instruments together at the same time in harmony. Like that is gorgeous. That's, yeah, that's fucking exciting. <laughs> Do you get um, like th- that same feeling even when you're just playing music by yourself and, and working tunes out in that space as well? Yeah, I think I think I definitely do. And it's a really different experience. I guess I'm thinking right now when you ask, I think you're asking maybe about songwriting a little bit more, but the thing that came to mind for me was like performing solo. Yeah. And um Yeah, I think it's interesting like that's how I started and and then like have played with people pretty much only played with people for like a long like a few years now. And then to like come back, like just recently um, I played a show it was supposed to be the band uh, and then my bandmates got sick. It was down in Corvallis and I like showed up on my own and was like, well, I guess I'm playing this show solo now, Um, which was terrifying and exciting all at the same time. And it was such a cool experience and like really, um, yeah, like really interesting to tap into how you can when you're playing by yourself, you can like drop into the moment in a way that you can't with other people. Cause it's less re- like, I mean, I wasn't responding to what other people are doing. I'm not trying to like keep it together. I'm not trying to like stay on the train. I'm like really holding on to each moment as it comes. And so you're able to like hold out silence in a way and you're able to like play in a way. Um, I was going to say play with yourself. And I was like, I don't want to say that in this <laughs> podcast. But you're able yeah, to no, play with yourself in front of people yeah. in a way that you just never knew. <laughs> you just really can't possible. play with yourself like that. <laughs> the way you can in front of others. Right. Um, <laughs> like that's what yeah. you take. You erase everything else we've talked that's about. Gonna that's going to be the soundbite. The only thing that's that what I'm going to tease on Thursday. 
that's that's gonna be the clip. Yeah, be like, amazing. Oh, look for uh, Lily Saint Anne. <laughs> this on is what she has to say about the podcast. her music. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be killer. No, I understand what you're saying though, because you can totally tap into like a flow of things, and you don't have to worry about interrupting other other people in your band. Yeah, like I guess it's just like a different kind of responsiveness, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, do you get that even when you're rehearsing? I guess. That was kind of maybe more oh, what of you my were initial of? question, but that answers mm. another question, which is great. But <laughs> like, are you able? Is it? Oh, like, do you need an like, audience there? Is that yeah? Sort do of you what need you do you need an an audience mm. to like kind of tap in to that realm, or is it maybe just different different feelings? Does the tree fall if no one heard? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a deep question. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, like, all about the audience. Like, that's... And I know a lot of people aren't, you know? Like, a lot of people make art and they're like, I don't care what people see or I don't care what people are hearing, which is really useful and, like, is really cool. And it's just so not how I work um, at all. Like, I'm so aware of wanting to connect with whoever is listening. And I think that was actually, like, my first, like, my first experiences playing music for anyone was like one person, like one friend actually that I'm thinking of um, who listened to a song I wrote and she cried and it was like the best thing. Not because she was crying, you know, but like she felt something and like we felt something. And then it was just this really exciting like thing of like, okay, like cool. Like something just happened. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I think like, um, like rehearsing or whatever, if there's not someone there listening, you're still there listening, right? So you're still having like that effect on yourself yeah. in a weird way. Shadow person's there hanging with you. <laughs> <laughs> Doing its thing, you know? My housemates are generally there too, <laughs> like through the walls. There's always an audience where I live, so. <laughs> do, you, do you think uh, that's that's also, you know, you like your desire to play in front of people and, and have that experience is, is just also your comfort and like stage performance in general, like as a, yeah, as a kid doing the theater. Totally. Thing. Yeah. Like I definitely came to this through performing, yeah. not through music. Like if that's, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Always super comfortable and performing in front of people. Not with like, like not with the guitar. It took me like three or four years before I could play guitar in front of people without my hands just shaking like yeah. crazy, you know? And just like, yeah, it that's really it's still nerve wracking for me sometimes. I I think I've hit a stride now in like the last year where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not like nervous anymore. I I get excited, yeah. I get adrenaline, but I'm not like scared that people are gonna laugh at me and ask me to leave. You know, for <laughs> like sure, that's definitely always there. That's a good place to be though. Like once yeah. you shake that stuff, you can. I think you can really be present in what you're doing well, and be a little and more generous probably yeah. lock into it um what what drew you into like finally getting an instrument mm -hmm. and writing music at you say at 21 mm -hmm. yeah like what what kind of triggered that happening so yeah so it's like it's a really specific memory like getting this guitar was a really big deal for me for sure and like so i had um Kind of long story short, I ended up in France uh, for what was supposed to be a semester off of college. And then um, I ended up staying there for three years. Nice. But it started as a semester. And when I got there, it was like really, um, 
hard. Like it was, it was a really sudden uh, move for me and a really, um, like it really took me out of my community and I felt really lonely and I didn't um, really speak French. Like I had some like high school classes or whatever. And, um, and I was like living alone in someone's guest house and like really didn't know what the hell I was doing there. Um, uh, yeah. It's a good story, but it's like really long. We're not going to go into it. So anyway, but like, uh, yeah. So anyway, so just like, you know, pretend like, you know why. Anyways, I ended up in France and then, um, yeah, I like walked by a music store and was like, I should get a guitar. I've always wanted to play guitar and I've never had the guts to like, I don't know. There's a piece of me that's like all of the guys in high school played guitar. Like I didn't know, I guess I knew like one person who wasn't a dude who played yeah. guitar you know so it just felt like it wasn't i don't know it just didn't it wasn't no one was handing me a guitar and was like what can you do with this you know yeah understood i don't know you're not the first person to speak to that for sure yeah so it just felt like kind of like other other to me yeah. um and yeah and i went into the store and like i have no idea how i managed to like communicate with the person who worked there, I ended up like with this like little cheap classical nylon string guitar and like went home and started learning it. It was like really exciting. And, and because, you know, like I didn't have anything to do. I didn't know anyone. I didn't speak French. So like I had, it was a perfect container to like start learning an instrument because I had to do something. You're just super isolated learning how to play this guitar. Yeah. Were like you, writing a ton. Were you just learning chords off the internet? And yeah, totally. And stuff like that? Yeah. And yeah. I think I learned like House of the Rising Sun or something, you know, right? Like, but isn't like, that what you do? But like very quickly, <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you put like no, like didn't have a lot of interest in in learning covers and and kind of just figuring out more how to express yourself through it. Yeah, yeah, and I think like also what happened is so I was living in this. Well, actually, it's interesting because we're talking about audience and like people listening. So I was living in this little guest house, like a little one room house. And it was the first time in my life that no one could hear me, you know, like I, it was the first time I wasn't like living in my parents' house or like a communal house or whatever. So yeah. So like, I just started like also using my voice in really weird ways and like, kind of like, n you know, like for the first time was like, I'm not going to sing like I did in that church choir. Like I'm going to do something different and like, just kind of like getting more cathartic with it, I guess. Um, and really exploring the weirdness it was a it was a weird time, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that that it's probably it's, it's usually a weird time for most people when they're like first exploring a new avenue of art, you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely you know throwing things at the wall and seeing yeah. seeing what sticks. And like whatnot. literally, I remember actually the wall like being covered with like little sheets of paper, like scotch taped <laughs> to the to the wall, like my whole wall. It was you know it was like yeah, it was going a little a little off in this house by myself because <laughs> you were already previous to picking up the guitar. You were already writing poetry, right? Yeah. I wrote, I wrote, I always wrote a ton. Like that was sort of my like thing. Um, and actually in the, so I'm, I really love the photos that I took to like promote this EP because I like was leaving the house to go to my friend's house. So he was going to take pictures and I was like, I need to, he'd, he'd said like bring props. I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> you know, um, and at the last second I was like, Oh, I know what I'll bring. And I brought my whole box of like all of my journals or like most of them, the ones that I have anyway. And so we like 
emptied it out and spread it out all over the floor. And so like in the photo, I have my guitar and I also have like all of my journals. And I really love that. I don't know. It's, Absolutely. That's very cool. Yeah. I was happy with that. Was it, uh, so did that come pretty natural to you to start applying the poetry to the music you were writing? Or yeah. were you, was it all kind of happening like while you were writing tunes? Were you just humming, humming along new lyrics and stuff? Or were you kind of grabbing from things you had previously written? Yeah, like the, fir the very first song I wrote was from like, wasn't a poem or anything. It was like one line I'd written in a journal in high school. And it was like, had always been in my head that I really liked it. And so I like wrote that down and then like the rest of the song came from that. And then, and then, yeah, like the next couple of things were all sort of like, I opened up a journal and was like, okay, this is a thing. Like, and then sort of wrote chords under it. But I think, I think now at this point, I mostly write together. Mostly. I don't know. It changes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when did you kind of start taking the, the music more seriously, mm -hmm. I guess, and start playing in front of people and kind of pursuing it a bit okay so this is a little ironic this is good this is good Th we've set this up really <laughs> thank nicely you. thank you um so i told you you're gonna be great you're gonna be great and you're doing <laughs> thanks for the vote of yeah, confidence absolutely you're doing great too thank you i appreciate it yeah definitely <laughs> um it's surprisingly natural to have a conversation holding a microphone it's not it's really not <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the host doesn't give you any headphones, so you don't know what's actually. I know. Happening. I feel like I'm, I'm playing. Know, I'm I'm, I feel like I'm playing podcast or something because, like, I <laughs> can't fake. hear anything. Like, <laughs> you can't hear what's going on in the cans. That's <laughs> this so is like good. two little kids, yeah. just like this is what it's like to be on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much my life. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. You've nailed it. You've got Sitting it. Here playing radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. So the France thing, I ended up going to drama school in France, and that's why I stayed. So I did a two-year drama school in Paris, and um, so you never really stopped the the pursuit of like the theater arts. I actually did for a while. Okay. So like when I first went to France, I was like, I'm done with theater. <laughs> like I was really really sick of it, um, and I had hit like I definitely had hit a wall with it too, where I didn't feel like anything was really happening for me. Like it was just sort of something I had become good at, but it wasn't like bringing me anything <laughs> anymore um so I actually really did stop and then I and then I missed that live performance thing and that's how I knew how to get it right like I missed that like being with people and the the realness of it um and yeah so while I was in drama school I kind of I kind of just kept playing guitar like it was just sort of something I had brought with me um and then and then by the end of the second year of school, I had played a song for that person who cried. And she was like one of my classmates. Um, and, and then like I'd started to play music for some scenes at school and like sort of started bringing music into the stuff I was making in school. And it was like a really, really creative space. It was all original work and it was like, you know, so it was really open. Um, my final project ended up being about music. And then um, the summer after I graduated, my dad came to visit me. And at that point, he was really, really sick. And um, he came to visit me. And it was this like, really special thing because we had never really spent time, just the two of us, ever. Um, 
and he was dying and it was but he like came to France oh, to spend man. this time and and was pretty like pretty okay while he was there but also like kind of struggling and um and okay so this is kind of funny so I left uh to go spend the night with somebody <laughs> And my yeah, dad like <laughs> stayed. It, this is like weird when I think about it um, now. But my dad stayed at my apartment, and I was like, "Well, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I'll meet you up at like noon, and we'll go for a walk. Like, you know, here's the bakery, here's the cafe. Like, this is what you need to know. Showed him stuff on the map or whatever. And he was like, "Okay, great. Like, have a great time. <laughs> Super <laughs> weird." Um, and then I left, and I came back. And when I came back the next day, he was like sitting really um stoically on my couch like looking really serious and i came in and i was like are you are you okay like is everything okay and he was like yes elizabeth uh while you were gone i looked through your computer <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh my god like what are you doing and he was like i found your music okay and up to this point I had been telling my dad, I was like, you know, I'm really, I'm actually really into like writing these songs. Like I'm getting really into it. And he just sort of laughed it off. Like did not take it seriously. He thought it was kind of like a weird phase or something. I don't know. Um, and he had played guitar when I was a kid. He used to like play Puff the Magic Dragon on the guitar. And that was like the only song he would play. But he, nice. he definitely had that one on lock. It's a weird combination of things, right? That you're learning about my Puff father. the Magic Dragon, Catholicism. Catholicism. Um, computer hacking? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how he got in there. I'm sure I had a password. <laughs> I don't know. It seems weird, yeah, right? right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is pre-password. Maybe there was no passwords yet. You just knew the password? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he was like, I've looked through your computer. I was like, shit. Uh, and he said, I found your music. And then he looked at me and he was like, you have something. What are you going to do with it? And he was like, really grave. Oh, man. <laughs> you know? Um, and it totally took me by, by surprise. I was like, not at all prepared. It was just like this thing. And, um, and like, you know, when someone's <laughs> dying and they tell you something, like, for whatever reason, it, like, means more to you, right? You're like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it holds like a different weight, and yeah. uh, hopefully, I don't know. I think you probably put some value that that it's coming from a place of wisdom. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and that's the part that I'm not sure about. Like, I don't. And know. you're also like, you can't just compliment me after you fucking intrude my privacy <laughs> right? and go through my it whole goddamn was, computer. I definitely didn't know like how to handle that situation. But no, it was cool. It was cool to like. I mean, you know, it, was, it meant a lot to me. Like, I think every kid, like, you know, their parents. Um, validation means a ton and I think that's something that I never felt like I really had from my dad um and so yeah it was it was really unexpected and weird and then we like had this rest of this trip together so we like traveled through France for like a week together and there was this like beautiful day where he was like I'm gonna take pictures of you with your guitar and we like went out into this field and my dad took pictures of me um and then he like opened up about how he had at one point been really into photography, but like had never pursued it or never oh, let man. it be a thing. And it was really beautiful. Like he, I don't know. And he took these really pretty photos. I mean, whatever, I don't know. Like, but they mean a lot to me anyway now. And like, it was a really special time for sure. So that's sort of like the, 
turning moment, I guess, like, and I was also moving back to the States. So like a lot was happening. It was like a huge transition moment. Um, and when I got back to the States, I kind of like hit the ground running and got a band together in Virginia and um, just started playing a lot of shows. And I mean, it was terrible. It was like terrible. I was so bad. But you yeah. know, like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter really. That's, I gotta imagine though that that's, that's something that sticks with you pretty often as far as him telling you that and, and that whole trip of an experience. Like, is that something that like you think back to when you need to fuel your fire or when you're trying mm. to figure out what you're doing with your, <laughs> your artistic life? I mean, yeah, no, like, not really. Yeah. I don't think so. Cause I think my dad and I have like a, uh, had a really hard relationship and like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's that simple, but yeah, I really I really want to write about my dad. I haven't really. I've started to write a couple of songs um, that kind of like have him in it. Yeah, they're not really about him yet, but they're they're he's in there, and that's exciting. I think it's going to be cool to like write about him because it is complicated and it's it's super hard to lose a parent on the younger side of things like. I was, I don't know, how old was I? I think I was 25 when he died. So, like, you know, it, it's still like a fresh thing almost. I would, yeah, think yeah, too. yeah, like, yeah. You spent way more time with him here than him not. Right. Him not. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I still, yeah, I, I don't know how I would process something like that. Like, so, um, yeah, you always seem that, like the thing I take away from your music is you, is you seem to have this way with your your words and your your imagery and you like create a lot of mystery to me like cool. through through your lyrics and whatnot. Mm. Are though is that just like the style of writing you've always personally been drawn to? I don't I don't I don't know. I don't have that like objective of a view of it. Um I think honestly, uh, it has that a little bit because I am still really learning how to actually just say what I think and feel. And so it kind of comes out in these veiled imagery kind of heavy ways. Like, and that's actually something I'm really working on in my like writing now is like, all right, Elizabeth, like, what do you actually mean? Like, what do you actually mean? What do you actually mean? And kind of like stripping those things away a little bit and trying to get more uh, real. But then like at the same time, I don't know, like even in that like metaphor is like all over the place. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's something that like I dig a lot mm. just because I'm the complete opposite. Oh, cool. As far as writing, like, I uh -huh. can't, like I'm terrible at writing that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> What is your writing like? Uh, just like very confessional and, and very mm. like straightforward. Like I'm fucking lonely or whatever, you know, uh -huh. like it's just, you know, it's not, uh, I don't know. It's not wrapped up in, in too much imagery. That's uh -huh. for sure. Um, mm. I mean, maybe here and there, but th that's definitely, I don't know, like a song like Eveline, like the tune we kicked it, the, the episode off of. Like by the end of that song, like I'm wondering not who Eveline is to you. Like, I'm wondering who she is to me or like th who that person is to me. Like, oh, that's, that's so pretty. Yeah. I love, that's like, such I a nice know. thing I, to like, say. I, I went pretty deep <laughs> on you. Like, I went pretty deep on your record last night. Not that mm -hmm. I haven't listened to it 
<laughs> over the last like couple weeks or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But like last I liked that little cover. Like I've been listening no, I just, to like, <laughs> like last night I I did like the deep dive where I, you know I threw in the headphones and cool. You, know, you might be the first person to have done that. That's really cool. Like I, I just love <laughs> I love to like sit in the dark with a record with headphones on and and because I think that's probably when I'm listening the closest or mm-hmm. doing it with the most intent where it's just that going on and and uh yeah I just like fell for the record super hard mm. and like the instrumentation is is super beautiful and I think you do you and your band wh- whomever contributed to the uh the playing on the record I think it's this very cool balance of rootsy instrumentation with these touches of of electric stuff that's going on to like create these very cool vibes on the on the record like like lion is uh you mentioned earlier about using your vocals as an instrument Mm -hmm. and i think that's another thing that you do extremely extremely well um like i think lion is is a great example of that like towards the end of that song Mm. you you kind (laughs) of I don't know. Can you call that scatting? Like, what is? It? I don't know what the like the proper t- like because it's not like a traditional scat, but like I really love I love when you're just like <laughs> I I love when you're kind of just going in on the song vocally and using it as an instrument, mm. um, and and just the the compositions of the tunes are like kind of mind blowing to me a little bit <laughs> a lot of the time just because i think they're very complex and and progressive at times and cool. there's just so many different dynamics on the record like sometimes it has like these neo soul jazz feels and then sometimes it's just like this eerie singer songwriter stuff with some like some wild chords going on and, <laughs> and <laughs> which is which is rad like i i think it's taps into um similar vibes for me when i'm listening to it to like a radio head mm. kind of thing and more on a local level the sam and dams folks mm-hmm. um but do you know do you know who beth orton is by any yeah, chance yeah 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 all right so beth orton has this record called sugaring season yeah it's one uh-huh. of my favorite records yeah it's great and when i put on your tunes yeah, I was just like, oh man, I hope she knows who Beth oh, Orton cool. is. I haven't listened to her in a really long time, but I definitely you sh- used to. You should to. throw that yeah, sugaring yeah. season record on. I will. Just yeah, like, that's cool to do. Um, yeah, just mm. just very cool. I, like I like the music so much, and it just seems like it comes from a very like raw and authentic place. Cool. Wow, that was really nice. <laughs> it was really well, I'm nice. I'm not done. Like, we have a whole. St- I mean, we got to get wow, to a musical break. Right? And, you know, like I have more <laughs> nice things to say about your Woo! record, but I'm like blushing. No, I. I uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad that I like. I don't know that I had the time to mm. to give it the proper space because I think it's definitely music that's best listened to with a lot of intent. I mm. feel like you know, mm. it might not be the thing that like just maybe comes don't on. put it on at a party I yeah like maybe not a, pl- <laughs> a fat playlist jam for your like your friday night party but you know we're like trying like that's like really it's secretly that's the whole that's actually the whole thing it's like you know like an ornery folk songwriter like trying to make dance tunes <laughs> <laughs> like one day one day um <laughs> uh, do you do you think because you started a little later mm. that that is that you like absorbed so much 
music and art before <laughs> that 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 is the reason for why things are so diverse as far as or eclectic within the sounds of the music or if you have you just always is that kind of like if i looked at your library of music is it very spread out I think like a lot of that comes from my bandmates. Okay. And so I need to like give mad credit. I think I think like what you're hearing is, you know, the product of very distinct individuals. Like so Jason Miller is the drummer. Um and he's like a huge, huge part of this project. Um he's my best friend. Like we're really super, super tight. And we like creatively like meld on a really deep level. Um but and like whichever <laughs> conjunction you want there. And we have radically different taste in music. Like he's a huge hip hop head. Um, when we first met a couple years ago, like we couldn't name a single artist we both listened to. And yet we like really vibed. So it was really, really strange. And we met at a show, like he was playing with someone I was playing. And um, actually it was a show put together by Neil Kirkpatrick, who is the guy who did a lot of the guitar sounds and a lot of the electronic sounding stuff that you're hearing. Um, so anyway, yeah, like I think that's, and then Sam Arnold, the bassist is like an insane bassist. He plays with a bajillion people around town. Um, and he's, as far as I can tell, like hardcore jazz guy like whenever we're in the car and I'm like Sam put something on he puts on he's like this is my favorite jazz record right now and I'm like okay 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 <laughs> so it's like you know you're I think you're really hearing the spread of who we are and like I come with these like pretty I I think pretty folk oriented um singer songwriter you know acoustic guitar and vocal things and then we sort of meld them and shape them together into something that's a lot bigger than that cool so you're just kind of bringing the bones of these songs and then and then working them out with the band yeah and they're putting their vibes on them yeah it's all i mean everyone writes their own parts i'm not like i'm i'm over here just going like yeah that sounds good like i'm not writing yeah. anything for them like this is all this is all all of us so well, well that's very cool i i think that's always um a cool testament to how much those people probably believe in the tunes that you're bringing mm. and your abilities, the ones that are willing to like invest their time and be a part of the project. Always blows my mind. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I know you had Denzel Mendoza on the record yeah, a bit. Yeah, that Love was Denzel. like a he's, cool, a cool plug for sure. Yeah, he's, he's a great awesome. dude and an yeah. amazing player. I was super thrilled to have him in the studio. Yeah, he he and Jason, I think know each other i don't know how he ended up on the record i was like really <laughs> excited it's like who plays trombone in portland yeah get denzel mendoza <laughs> um well cool let's uh let's dip into a, a track cool off of off this record and then we'll uh we'll talk a little bit more about some of the songs and whatnot cool all right this is uh this is one of my favorite tracks uh off of it and and this is this is called crow off of off of bone marrow and uh, this is Lily Saint Anne everybody tender coming tender gone love happened at once and then calm then all alone asleep in my bed there's a crow that flies just overhead he's the one who calls me the one who draws me near one who moves me beyond Ooh. 
cup Tell the tale of a man who loved me But then set sail for a So Crow is a, a pretty heavy song. I, I found it to be one of the heavier songs on the record. It's, and it's definitely one of those songs where I think the band stands out. And you said it was Justin on the drums. Is that right? Uh, Jason. Jason. Yeah. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> He's definitely like close. definitely going to listen to this. <laughs> Jason. You're going to hear that later. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, your drumming. I, I just wanted to say, Jason, your drumming on this record <laughs> is uh, is so amazing and seems to uh, be the foundation for a lot of these very cool movements and, and definitely a strong dynamic to these these tunes. Um, I'm nodding my head ferociously. Yeah. I just realized that y'all she can't is. see that. She's, do- she's going for it. Um, <laughs> Is was it uh, is it or was it difficult to learn how to sing in some of these like more odd time signatures for you, or is it something that you're pretty comfortable with? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Uh, no, yeah. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> like, like, is it is it a challenge for you to? To sing in these some of these time in these signatures. Time signatures. No. Uh-uh. Wait, what's what's weird about the time signatures? No, I just what I think that there's like some some wild movements that, yeah. that happen. And yeah. and like I think you do a like very good job of, mm. of navigating some of that and, That's and interesting. your plate like I think your delivery and placement is is perfect for it. Like it makes it all makes a lot of sense together. Uh-huh. I just think that that it's not I wouldn't think that that would be as easy for huh. everybody to to figure out the vocal placements on things. Like, do you have yeah. to change up a lot? I guess from from you bringing this bare bones right. song in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, are there a lot of adjustments you have yeah, to make no, to what no. you're already doing, or is that what you're mm-hmm. kind of already bringing? Yeah, that's what I'm bringing. That's why I think I was like startled by the question because I was like, no, okay, no, like that's the, a better question. The, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's just interesting. I think it's a pretty organic process in a way. And like also, I mean, I asked back to you, like, what do you mean? Because I'm going to share a secret with you. I'm like, what time signatures are they in? Because like, I don't like, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> like, I mean, if I'm being transparent, like, yeah. I don't know the exact time signatures. I just know that <laughs> like, oh, like this is, um, you know. This is not four on the floor. <laughs> like right. This a lot of a lot of it's six eight, definitely. And actually that's something that I think I kind of started to write in. And that was sort of a transition moment for me where um I was like, okay, like these songs sound different, feel different than what I've been writing before. And that was actually sort of the beginning of the Lily St. Anne project was one. Um and like the joke for a while with the with the band was actually like Elizabeth like 
you have to stop. It's so obvious. Like you have to stop writing in six, eight, like everyone's going to get sick of it. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I was like, that's, that seems strange. Cause like every song is in four, four and no one's like, ugh, another song in four, four, you know, like no one cares. So I was like, I don't think that's going to be like a, a, a hole I'm going to get stuck in. Like, I think it's fine if my songs are in six, eight. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, like when you did start the Lily St. Anne project, was there a different mentality behind like those tunes from comparison to what you had been writing prior? Yeah, it started to, so like, I mean, prior was like a, a blue, very bluegrassy band that I had in Virginia and those songs were like super simple and I really, you know, I was just trying to, trying to do it. Um, and it wasn't super personal for the most part. Um, and then yeah, I started to write stuff that felt a little more intimate and a little more um, serious, I guess. Just like a little more, you know, something to hold more carefully, I guess. Um, and then I was like, okay, this feels really different. And that's also, I was moving back to Portland. It was right before my dad passed away. I moved back to Portland to um, be with him when he was passing away. And so that was like obviously a really heavy time. Like I played, I played Lion for him. I wrote it while he was sick and while I was at home and I wrote it and I was like really into it. And I was like, this is a cool song. And I played it for him and his reaction was like, well, that was really sad. <laughs> and that was like it. He didn't say like it sounded cool or like anything. It was just like, well, that was really sad. Uh, <laughs> he was looking for something a little more uplifting yeah, maybe at that at time. That point he was like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me like a nice love song, you know? Um, do you feel like you, uh, kind of thrive in, in that environment of like being intimate and vulnerable with your words in front of people? I think I'm learning how, I think it's really hard for me actually. Like, um, and I feel, I feel like I have a long way to go before I'm really being myself maybe in my life in general and also in front of people. And I think it's like all a process. Um, yeah. And as far, as far as the, uh, the record, does it have, does, does bone marrow have some overall themes through it or, or is like each song kind of its own piece of the puzzle or they all kind of have, like a central theme? Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely all come from places of loss and a grief kind of runs through it, um, which is definitely like for me the image of the bones and like the marrow, so like the central part of the bones, right? Like the really deepest core um, is about death and it is about um, sort of like an aridness and a... Like I think about like dried bones, you know, I don't know. That's what I always think of when I hear it. And there's so, okay. So I didn't really know what it was about. I, I had all these animals and then I had these women and like the ongoing joke. And I still tell it, it shows sometimes is like the songs are about animals and they're about women, but secretly they're all about women. That's, that's the joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feel free to laugh. And, um, and I didn't really know what it was all about. And then I was up in Vancouver, BC when we were on tour uh, a couple summers ago. And this woman I met up there, like these songs were kicking around then. And she was like, hey, have you read this book called The Women Who Run With Wolves? 
And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's this classic book from the early 90s. Um, I don't know. Can something be classic and from the early 90s? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are we, Everything. Are, are Everything we is classic. Are far enough in the future? For that me, that's it is. Means? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's this like cult feminist book. It's this amazing author um, who's like a, a Jungian psych, uh, psychoanalyst, I think. And she draws on all of these myths from different cultures um, involving women and a lot of animals. It's like a lot of animal imagery and sort of reanalyzing them to talk about um, the experience of being a woman in the world and like in a patriarchal world. Um, it's this really, really incredibly rich book. And now that I know about it, it's really interesting because a lot of the people I'm connected to in my life are like, oh yeah, like that's like the most important book to me. Like it's so... Like that, that's the book that brings it all together. Anyway, it's like, it's now become this kind of totem. Yeah. Um, and once I started getting into that book and I haven't read it all, it's like super dense. I've kind of like dipped in at moments. Um, that's, I think like that sort of landscape is where these songs are coming from. It's like, it's like about being a woman in the world. And it's also about this sort of like, um, primal energy and I like I don't know I get actually a little uncomfortable when I talk about because I don't want to like end up saying accidentally that I think those things are inextricably connected or I don't know I don't like necessarily want to make a yeah. statement about that but um I think it's really beautiful and rich imagery um and has been like a really exciting place for me to hang out in um, especially when thinking about losing people and, and, and grief like that kind of, I mean, grief is the most primal thing. Um, like it really brings you back to like, <laughs> you know, tadpole, <laughs> like molecular level of just like, you're no longer a person. Like it's something, it's something else, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like it's something like dealing with loss and, and grief is something that kind of just completely destroys your foundation and, and like what you thought things were or like what is it what is it a what is it about it that makes you like feel like that tadpole <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's like um it's just really deeply physical. And it's interesting because like we say grief and I think we think of, um, you know, like an emotion. And it's just like, it's not, it's not even an emotion. It's like a physical state. And I think, I think that's a little bit what I'm interested in. And that's actually maybe what I mean even when I'm talking about like, oh, I think I have like so far to go before I'm like actually being myself is I think like, to even say these songs are about grief is like giving them a lot of credit because I, I, I don't, you know, they're really pretty and they're really packaged and they're really like tied up with bows in a lot of ways where I think like, you know, a word like grief or a state like grief is so not that. And it's so like unspeakable, I guess. Yeah. So to even say like something is about grief is just kind of a ridiculous thing to say at the end of the day. Like, I mean, I think I think that they're raw as fuck. Like the songs, <laughs> like as pretty as they are, and like as beautiful as the string work is throughout the record, and mm -hmm. and you know things like that. Like th what I take away is that there's um, there's just a rawness that seems to come from like a very authentic place, and 
that is uh, seems to be conveyed very well through the mm -hmm. performances on the record. Like I, <clears throat> I think it's uh, like the vocal takes that you have on this record are like amazing, mm. and like I think that they uh, are done with such conviction, like that it taps into something. Or at least, like for me, cool. like when yeah, I listen I'm glad, to it, like, I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you feel that rawness, that. That's like, true. and and in, like for me, that like it's it's it is the rawness that I tap mm -hmm. into. I think it's like it, I can feel the weight of mm -hmm. the emotions through the songs. I think, cool, yeah. Um, being that like each song is is you know through the eyes of like a woman or an animal. Mm. Um, is it is it a different perspective from each from song to song? No, I mean it's definitely my perspective. It's definitely me. Okay, like I'm always the one singing. I think I think it's sort of like the way to think about it. Maybe is that um, <laughs> there's sort of like hauntings. Like I think the way that most of these songs were written were pretty um, pretty like kind of got taken over and had to sit down and write something, and then then it sort of happened. Okay. Um, and and they've evolved over time and they've developed instrumental sections over time like through live performances and through like my work with Jason and Sam and um so they've developed but in like the initial structure and the bones if you will <laughs> are like they kind of came out all at once and I think um uh wow I have no idea how I started what what was your question <laughs> what was the point <laughs> why am I talking about this I was just asking about uh the per like oh perspective you were, you were saying that it, yeah yeah that, yeah, that, like, yeah. Each, each song is is still like your perspective then right the haunting thing so yeah. so that's what i mean is it's, it's sort of like i think it's like about having kind of a vision it's like a vision of an animal it's like this animal that's moving through me and this animal that's moving through my experience and it's sort of a way to talk about this untalkable state yeah. you know for sure do you think that's and that's also just your way of like processing everything like yeah. your your like safe place to do that? Yeah. Is it is it wild to you like the words that come out onto the paper sometimes? <laughs> is that like do you ever surprise yourself with mm. with the things that come out? Huh. I mean it's also I'm I'm like shocked. I'm shocked to be sitting here talking about like music that I made. Like, I think I'm shocked at the whole thing. Like it still is amazing to me every time that like I'm on stage holding a guitar and I look at like Jason and Sam who are two of like the most amazing musicians I've ever met. And like, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? Why do I get to be here? Like, I think the whole thing is, is shocking. And like, yeah, every song is, is a total surprise. And like a, d a delight and like <laughs> just like this huge exciting thing every time like oh my god there's like a new one like yes <laughs> uh, do you like do you like to go back through older like poetry or just words that you've written and, and see how they like apply to your your life now well, so, yeah, so, like, actually, a, a, a pretty, like, common practice for me is, like, I'll go back through old writing and see what resonates, and then that stuff I will sometimes pull through onto, like, new pages, essentially, and then often those pieces will become songs or, like, develop, like, I'll take a line and then sort of, like, it'll become its own thing. 
Um, and I think that like that going back and that sort of sifting through is a really important process for me, like personally. And then I think also creatively, it's really cool to see like what actually rings through time, you know, because sometimes you can write something in the moment and you're like, yeah, like, oh, like, yeah. And then you read it. It could be the next day or it could be like the next year. And you're like, wow, that was really obnoxious. Yeah. You know, yep. like 99.9% .9 of the stuff that like I put onto pages is like, oh, like super cringy. You know, you don't want anyone to see that. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's, I mean, art in general for me, like even mm -hmm. listening to music to see. It's like, okay, let's go back to something I was listening to 15 years oh, ago and right? see if it makes uh -huh. any sense now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of those things do. Mm -hmm. and, and those some, are the things that are like gold, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of them, I'm just like, I just have a big laugh. <laughs> Don't tell it. And I'm just like, oh, man, I can't believe how into this I was at one point, you know. What's but one it, of those things for you? I gotta know. Oh man! Can you divulge? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I like. I'm cool. I don't. I don't care. Like, I don't. I don't <laughs> have some fucking reputation to uphold here. <laughs> like, my, it's definitely my my music library is something that has evolved. But I also feel like my music library has always been very spread out. Like, I, mm. I had some cool like like punk CDs when I was like eight and nine too. So like, aside from having like some cool stuff, I also you know, I'm a product of uh, growing up in Southern California in the in the 90s and early 2000s. So, like, I was definitely somebody that owned, you know, like, Limp Biscuit CDs and nice. Three Days Grace and like mm. some pretty like <laughs> I don't who, know who gave you music. Like, who handed you who this music when you were eight music? and nine? Yeah. Um, well, as far as like the punk stuff, it like. I've just always been very fortunate, I feel like, to have had cool people around me. And my neighbor growing up uh -huh. was only cool. a year or two older than me, but he started turning me on to some punk rock stuff and like some Primus stuff. And we honestly, every day we came home from school and we watched MTV. And that was mm -hmm. when MTV was amazing. And yeah. that was like watching Nirvana and all of that music that was just like unreal and and uh but then i don't know everybody everybody had their their influence on it like my parents definitely influenced a lot of the stuff like my dad especially influences a lot of the stuff i still listen to today like phil collins and nice. and, and <laughs> some Wallace some Sam. other things of that nature you know <laughs> gotta throw on some huey lewis for pops every once in a while but <laughs> But I don't know. All of my friends have like just had different, just a lot of different music around me. Like yeah. everybody was kind of into different shit. And then there was a punk rock club in the city that I grew up to, grew up with, and grew up in. I can't even. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. You grew up together. I grew up that with city. the city. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've grown past that city now, but uh, <laughs> it's there. But uh, I went to a battle of the bands there when I was like eight into see Whoa, people yeah because my friend like I, we cool. had another friend that was playing in it and so like it's to like see school kids of rock my like it's a scene age from school of rock or like just a few <laughs> years older yeah playing music was was very like mind-blowing to me yeah that's but, amazing but going back to like mm. yeah i used to listen to a lot of shit that does not resonate now and and sure. it's very funny to like throw on one of those records now and 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 just to see how far it misses but yeah but yeah, that I mean, going back 
to what I was saying, I also like find it interesting to like go back through old journals and mm-hmm. and see lyrics that I've written or or even stuff that I've written like a few years ago and then playing it now or like figuring out how those words fit in to like songs now here and there. I'm always kind of, I think, surprised about maybe lines that I've written here and there and how they apply to my life more now than they did at that time. I think mm. that is kind of like a mind blowing thing to yeah, me. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of being like your own prophet, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that, that shit is weird. So yeah, I was just kind of curious if that's like something that you like to go through. So it's cool that you kind of still go back and, and kind of pick some things here and there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean like, and like to the point where like sometimes I'll go back and like, I'm talking about stuff from like 12 years ago. Like, I was like a teenager, you know, and I'll still find things. And I'm like, whoa, that's cool. And like, I want to take that somewhere, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a cool, like, kind of archaeology of self, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like a time capsule, too, like yeah. tapping into some of that stuff. Like, every once in a while, I'll just do like, stream of conscious writing, like on the, on my laptop or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a few, few years ago by, and then I'll open up a document. It's like, like did I write th- Like, did uh-huh, I yeah, even yeah. write this? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. start kind of questioning it. Uh-huh. It's like, is this even mine? But then it's like, oh, it, this has to be mine. <laughs> this is, so this is like do, no one I else's like, files are on here. I'll often uh, rewrite like poems or passages that I really like from things that I read. I'll, I'll rewrite them into my journals. Into my journals. I said that like really. Yeah. Into my journals. Right. We're all fucking up words here. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's like, um, and, and sometimes I will read things that I've written and be like, I didn't write this. Like, what is this? Like, where is this from? And I'll Google it and I'll be like, ah, like it doesn't exist. Like, I think I might've written this. And that's like my, like, thank God for Google or I would never know, you know, what's mine (laughs) or like Mark Twain's or like something. I I wasn't really ever reading Mark Twain, but no, I, I totally (laughs) did that recently. Like I put, I copied an entire yeah. paragraph into Google to see. You're like this was me. Like, no, what is this, this is from? this is way too good for me. Me, ah. like no way I did this. Or like way too so, bad. You're like, oh, did I? It's <laughs> like this is way too introspective for what I'm <laughs> capable of. God damn it! I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I really love the music though. Back to that whole <laughs> <Cool>. thing. You know, <laughs> oh, like yeah. back to that right. whole thing that like brought us here. <laughs> Um, yeah, just very, very impressed with the, the songwriting and whatnot. Are there, are there some, some songwriters or, or artists in general that really influence what you do? Mm. I'm not good at this question. I think it's a really hard question to answer. I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't often ask it. Yeah. I think like. Like, definitely. And I don't know that I know who those people are, maybe. Um, like, I don't know what's in in my head. I'm, I think I'm definitely, like, super inspired by people who seem to be kind of blasting things open for themselves. So, like, like honestly, like, someone who just never ceases to amaze me is Bjork. And, like, you know, like, yeah. she's she's obviously an epic artist and just like constantly pushing herself into like unknown zones, you know? Um, and like, I don't even necessarily, like I wouldn't be able to talk about her music in any sort of intelligent way. I just know that when I listen to it, I'm always challenged and I'm always, and I know that she's challenging herself. I guess that's what I feel in it. Yeah. 
And I think that that's really, really inspiring. Um, and sort of to like always bite off, like people who are biting off more than they can chew, you know, like it's kind of like, yeah, like in, in that, I don't know, like pushing, like trying, trying new, 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 like, um, yeah. Is that like super important for yourself to, yeah, to I think that's like, that's just ways? what's interesting, you know, like, and sometimes that doesn't like, sometimes what's new for you isn't new for other people. Right. Like, so I don't mean like, I think like Bjork is kind of like an extreme example because she's so challenging for pretty much anyone. I think who's like listens to her is like going to have like a, it's going to have to grapple with it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes like the most challenging thing can be like, how do you write like <laughs> speaking of dance music like how do you write a good dance song like how do you make people dance like that's that's really uncomfortable for me like that's going to be a new zone when i go there you know like <laughs> but it's something you want to to do <laughs> i don't i don't know <laughs> like is that like a feeling you want to tap into for people you want to l- make people move with your music like that well i think that's i mean i think that's something that like that's a big thing that jason and i talk about is like how to like move people like something we even I think it's like written on our Facebook is like moving your heart and moving your hips like you want to like you want to feel both and I think like again getting to that physicality of emotion like you know I think like when like like the biggest moment for me honestly such a huge moment uh was the first time people put earplugs in at a show for us And I like, you know, like they were like doing the headbang and then yeah. they were like putting earplugs in and I stopped and I was like, oh my God, like people just put earplugs in. Like, that's amazing. Um, I don't know, like hitting that kind of physical. Yeah. Cause there's some really like, cool. uh, there's, there are some like very groovy me- mo- like moments throughout the record. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. There's especially on wolves. I think that like really brings out some of that neo soul jazzy vibes with mm. kind of like got some hiatus coyote going on you know heck yeah things like that and and i think i feel like the same way about crow like that song gets real huge at Mm -hmm. a certain moment and i don't know it even it gets so heavy that that it it feels like he even taps into something like a tool vibe to me cool you know like it's 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 heavy like and i love it i think it's i think it's great because i i think it's also uh especially kicking off with a little more low-key jam like eveline Mm. to to get into crow is it's like this whole new world and it's it's um i think it's also just another one of those records when i'm was listening to it the first couple times it's you can't really make too many uh predictions about where it's gonna go hmm. you know which i really like cool and, and yeah. yeah it's rad i think i have a lot it's it's i think i'm especially enjoying hearing you <laughs> say some of this because i think yeah, you know, I'm joking about like being nervous in front of people or whatever. I think really my deepest insecurity is that my my music is too simple. Like I'm always like, oh my god, like it's so simple. Like ah, like everyone's gonna know that I only know three chords. All right, that's maybe not true anymore. But like I'm, you know, yeah. like I just I feel like a little bit of that imposter syndrome is still in me for sure. And like I think. It's hard to trust that like I don't know something that sounds good to you is gonna sound good to other people, and that like it doesn't have to be complicated and it's interesting to me when I like hear people cause you're not like the only person who's been like, Whoa, it's like really complex stuff. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's great. To I'm me glad it's, that it 
<laughs> to me, it's maybe I should let go of far, that insecurity. <laughs> to me, it's far from simple. Like I love some folky singer songwriter stuff, but to me, this is, um, I don't know. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell somebody that this is a folk record. Right. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable. It's definitely and an uncomfortable genre. Fit. Yeah, it's not. It's just I really don't know what to call yeah, it. It doesn't fit into one box, which I think is great because it still sounds like this batch of tunes belongs together too. You know, cool. so I love I love that element of it too. But um, yeah, I think it, it's very progressive in the songwriting for sure, and the compositions and and all the different turns that it takes and. I just think your vocal delivery too is like definitely adds to that whole thing as well. Like your approach to word placement and whatnot is, is definitely a part of what makes it not just simple songs. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just very impressive to me. I'm always, uh, very, very impressed by you folks that can <laughs> seem to write, write these, uh, these types of songs. <laughs> Cause like everything I do is, is very more like straight, I listen straight to your ahead. music. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> uh, I do. I'm no, very curious uh, now. <laughs> this isn't fair. You've listened to my stuff <laughs> and I, I don't know what you do. Yeah. Most people don't. Yeah. I've, I've tried to, you know, keep, keep it that that close. <laughs> no, <I'm>, um, <laughs> I also just play like a lot of music by myself in my house now and I'm like mm. very content with that situation. But I think it's just cause this, uh, this whole podcast thing is, kind of taken over that that lane oh that's of my interesting life for now yeah and yeah. i enjoy just hanging out and talking to people about their tunes and see mm. where they come from mm-hmm. um and especially especially uh i don't know the things i seem to usually like that resonate heavier the stuff that that feels very like raw and heavy to me so mm. that's definitely why i was attracted to what you were doing and mm definitely seemed more complex to me than what was just there. I don't know. It seemed like it had a, a deep meaning behind it in some way. So Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing though, right? Like I'm glad that comes through and I'm glad that like that's felt when you listen to it. That's really rewarding. Like that's really satisfying for me to hear cuz cuz I think it is all there and um I also am really interested <laughs> in like what would happen if I bring what's all behind it, like into what you're actually hearing. Like, do you know what I mean? All that? Like, what do you mean? So like you're saying like that there's, Oh, I feel like there's some really like big meaning behind this and you're not wrong. Like that's true. Yeah. And I appreciate that that is like communicable and that that's understood. Right. And I also am just interested of like what would happen if I'm a little bit braver and I bring what's all behind it like into the forefront and I really try and articulate that because I think I have rested in mystery quite a lot with this and I'm just I'm just like interested in that kind of process like for yeah. the next thing I guess is sort of I mean obviously can't say for sure but I would assume that that would also I mean it's all going to feel authentic and still going to have the raw weight to it yeah you know and i think that will be impressive too because i i mean i love that element of songwriting too when people are just like saying the like most honest shit straightforward too is is yeah. also that's always unreal to me as well to watch people especially do it in the live sense and do it in front of people and, and say those 
like I love being at a show <laughs> and and having that moment or like oh my god I can't believe they just said that <laughs> like that's 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 like one of my favorite moments of, yeah. of like a singer songwriter mm. set or uh-huh, uh-huh. you know something that's deeply rooted in songwriting you know because those are the moments that I don't get out of maybe an instrumental set uh-huh. or something that's a little more like prog yeah yeah related yeah well yeah and i think like when you're when you're so so the way that i listen to music i think a lot is sort of like a uh like in a kind of like a color color scheme like i think i think about it really visually and i think when i'm listening to complex instrumentation or i'm listening to a band right like i'm really seeing all the color that that's bringing i'm hearing all the texture it's really about those kind of painterly elements that are coming through and I don't listen to lyrics. Like I'm not paying attention to what's being said. I'm listening to like the the tone and the quality of the, the vocals feel. and the feel. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's more visceral and visual to me than um, than intellectual. And yeah, I guess that's like I mean it's really fun, right? That like I think you can have those different experiences musically. Like because yeah, you can listen to someone like really bare bones solo songwriter kind of performer, and then you're really focused on the lyrics, really focused on that. Um, verbal content and it's like a totally different that's a completely different medium you know yeah. like that's something else absolutely um i think that's really exciting about music same yeah and i take away such different things from those experiences mm-hmm. like I've, I've fallen in love with instrumental music because i've because there is no vocal narrative to determine like where my mind is gonna go mm-hmm. so yeah. i can kind of be free in that and let it let the like story unfold for myself or just like let my mind go wherever it's going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Where like obviously something with, with a vocal is, you know, is going to dictate that a little bit more, I guess. Yeah. It's just a different part of your brain. I think totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. I appreciate this hang and, and getting to, <laughs> to hear about like where your tunes come from and whatnot. Yeah, cool. Um, and definitely I will plug all the shows that you have oh, coming great. up at the at the at the top of the episode so people know where they can yeah. find you and whatnot. Yeah. Um and are you are you writing a bunch of tunes already that you're ready to like go with another batch of t- I have a bunch of, of this songs. most honestly most of this stuff um that's on this release is is really old like it's it's more than 2 years old so so there's a lot of writing since then and yeah we're we're like itching to get to new material we're kind of like behind ourselves at this point like we're so excited about these songs and we're so excited to share them i say i'm saying we i mean i know we are i i also personally am uh and then i think we're also just really excited to like get to delve into new stuff for sure absolutely right on well i appreciate you uh Opening it up and talking yeah. Catholicism. Cool. We, we talked <laughs> right? a lot. We, we like, talked yeah, about we Catholicism <laughs> and uh, talking about your dad and stuff. I appreciate the uh, the vulnerability of of the conversation and whatnot. It's very Ooh. cool. Very fir- very cool first encounter with you. Here. Very fun playing radio with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully this comes out and hopefully we're not just like talking into microphones. That Who knows? Don't work. I have no idea. You. You don't actually <laughs> because really you don't have headphones on. You're absolutely correct. That would actually like I would really enjoy that if if all of this ended and you were like, yeah, that wasn't. I wasn't recording. <laughs> this was just for us. This was just us. It'd be great. I would really appreciate that. Uh, where is a good place for people to follow Lily Saint Anne so they know when the band is? Have playing? you heard of the internet? The internet. The internet. Please do is tell. It's a new thing. Oh, um, crazy! It's everywhere. Whoa. 
and nowhere. Um, yeah, we're on all the things. Friendster. Whoa, Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I lied. That's we're not on all back. the things. Uh, we have a, we have a website. You can sign up for an email list. I very rarely send emails. Uh, when I do, they're usually charmingly awkward. Um, and Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Groovy. Yeah. Uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is "It's a program." <laughs> so if you could give me uh, a proper, you did not warn me about this. No, I didn't. No, I always spring this on okay, the guest cool. at, at at this moment. So like, <laughs> it's, it's just uh, it's just better that way. So if you could give us a, a you know, your, <clears throat> it's a program <clears throat> through the uh, uh-huh. the Lily Saint Anne filter, whatever that is. You know, really whatever that's, you know, animal, woman, Whoa. who knows? Like, I think a- I'm going to keep it simple <laughs> if that's okay. I think I'm going to keep it singer songwriter style. <laughs> Please do. It's a program. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for hanging. <laughs> uh, we're going to play it out with, uh, with another one of those, those tracks that gets real heavy. And, uh, this is called wolves, everybody. And this is the last track, right? Off of the record. Is yeah. that, mm-hmm. that, that's how it plays out. So check out the record. It's available. It's going to be available on all the streaming services and whatnot Mm -hmm. by the time this comes out. So you can search it up on there, and I will put all the links in the episode notes so people can keep up with you whatnot. This is uh, is off the Bone Marrow EP, and this is called Wolves, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland.
It's a program.